0: Well, I think a little congratulations is in order here for getting through another MLB season, another fantasy season. Uh it sounds like we know at least two of our listeners have won their leagues.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. How about that? Listen to listen to all those positives. You know, I wasn't sure which way you wanted to take the congratulations, because we we have had, I would say, some rousing success with our inner you know, our orbit of people that we talk to. Yes, indeed. Including me, you know, as I <laughs> as, as I ran down, of course. We talked about this before, but I tracked down the statistical numbers in the past week and uh if we'd played roughly 10,000 games at the skill level that I or 10,000 seasons at the skill level that I'd exhibited prior to this year, I never would have finished where I did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> statistical outlier. A little Monte Carlo for you
0: guys just right off the bat. Yeah, there we go very helpful. Have you been running any Monte Carlo simulations for the MLB playoffs?
1: No, I'm just gonna, I'm nervous about it. Um, you know, I think you're you're in a much better place with the Red Sox. A lot to be nervous about facing the Astros, of course, but yeah, it's no, you know, you at least know that you have three games to play.
0: <laughs> I know. I sort of feel like, I mean, for how much I have exhibited love for the Astros all season, it's just... <laughs> I guess some sort of divine justice that now I have to face them. This is now definitely my karmic.
1: Baseball team needs
0: to face them. Yep.
1: <laughs> I I mean it was it was if it was karma that you're facing Astros, it was destiny that the Twins would face the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs.
0: Over four this millennium.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, and a one-game go big or go home. We're starting Irvin Santana. Hopefully, the PEDs are coursing back through his veins right now. <laughs> They stop
0: testing after the regular season. Right? I know. So That's
1: what I'm saying. He's just got to get through the year. I would trade a deep playoff run for 80 games of him next year. Although is he banned for life if he tests positive again? Mm,
0: I don't think so. I think it's a season. It's just a full season. He's at the season. I'd yeah.
1: give up. I'd give up a season next year for a deep playoff run. You,
0: you would pay him out of pocket. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we could get a collection going in Minnesota for sure. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> All right, so one of the fun things here, though, at the end of the season is that we get to kind of look back at some of the MLB fantasy stretch stories. Mm-hmm. I highlighted a few people on here that I wanted to kind of banter about. We got Mitch Haniger, Matt Olson, and Eduardo Escobar. Any one of these jump out to you right away?
1: Well, they all jump out to me in that if you asked me to forecast their next season, I would not be confident in anything that I was doing. Mendelson, Olsen, you know, so hard to predict people from small sample sizes. Um, if you're talking about a guy that's only got a little over 200 plate appearances this year, you know, they they looked great. <laughs> like, I feel fine about that. Um, all the, I know, he the peripherals came on like a hurricane. Good. The Oakland team, I mean, I like digging around. I, I have always liked digging around Oakland for scrappy players.
0: <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, because they're going to pick them up, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they seem to turn them into workable things for a while. But, you know, don't ask me to predict because I don't I don't know who's going to show up next year. And the same is true for Mitch Haniger, right?
0: Oh, it, well, yeah, and Mitch Haniger was supposed to be – Last year is supposed to be his
1: year? Last year is supposed yeah. to be his year. And he's, I mean, he's hes on maybe the, the Byron Buxton path. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's slow playing it. Yeah.
1: He's slow playing it. He knows everyone's confident. Everyone's everyone's really counting on him. And uh, I'm just going to all get there eventually, guys. Haniger, Olsen, and Escobar. Which one would you pick? Uh, Olsen's got the highest ceiling. Escobar's probably got the lowest ceiling. So I would pick Haniger on the basis of being probably the most certain
0: really okay yeah yeah it's interesting i mean they have you could end up with all three of these players at the end of the draft
1: oh sure oh absolutely Oof. this week we are going to take a breath and look back at the early episodes of the season the things that we set out to predict there were believe it or not times that we had strong opinions and made strong statements. <laughs> <laughs> and we are each going to own up to in the first half some of the players we recommended who didn't turn out quite right in a section we're going to call worst calls. After the break, we're going to turn it around. We're going to give. We're going to leave with a good taste in our mouth, pat ourselves on the back, and hit up some of our best calls. So Eric, why don't you do the shaming first?
0: All right. And I think that I was uh, tipping this one at least last week or maybe the week <laughs> before. My. Number one worst call was Chris Sale. I said in I don't even I don't even know if I mentioned him in episode zero point three four last episode of last season, um, but for the for the exercise, Mike and I were going through players. I rated Chris Sale as player number fifty six <laughs> off the board, and had him as like I think the tenth pitcher off the off the board.
1: Can you imagine if somebody got him at number 56 or the 10th pitcher off the board? (laughs) Like, in a straight up draft day pick.
0: (laughs) And so I sort of doubled down on it when we first did the K means clustering stuff. I didn't, I almost ignored him at that point because I was like, you know what? This is, I don't totally believe Chris Sale because I assumed that there was an injury lurking, there was going to be like the 15 day. The 15-day DL stint, which was going to be bracketed in poor performance on either mm-hmm. side, just never really happened. So that was my number one worst call. All right, so my number two bad call that I'll give, Travis Jankowski. Uh, I'm not even going to say the, <coughs> the name that I had for him because it's like not. A, I shouldn't have wasted any effort on him. <laughs> I mentioned him as a stolen base specialist. Mm-hmm. And I got excited because he looks like the dragon, uh, Viserys. Viserys, right? Viserys. I I can't even remember because he was not in baseball. He played twenty seven games. He lost his spot and just never, never got it back.
1: Nope. And you know, yeah, losing the spot is is shameful. They they could have at least said that he like went down with a bad injury or something, <laughs> Given him some time. But no, they just. They're just like, mm, let's just let's just drop him from the lineup and it's fine.
0: Yeah, we're just done. I mean, like, and also he couldn't make it in the San Diego Padres organization. They couldn't find at bat for him. Yeah. That's that's rancid.
1: Yeah, that that is bad. Over those twenty seven games he he managed a beautiful one eighty seven average just could not get on base enough. He struck out almost a third of the times he went up to the plate. Yep. 32%, <laughs> yeah. He he just could not put together enough to get on base. And you know, in part I feel kind of bad because they also batted him. They only batted him high up in the lineup a few times. And yeah, the bottom of the Padres order is not frightening even remotely. So you get dumped down there and, and what are you going to do?
0: all right so my last guy here my last worst call charlie blackman so here's a little <laughs> here's a little quote from from the podcast we are talking about like the first two rounds i which i did not include him in in my first two two rounds my top 24 players i said i don't trust him he has these half seasons and then I went on to, like, diss him for, like, how long has he even been in, in base in the in the majors? How long has he been a thing?
1: Yeah, I, would, I mean, he, he had two half seasons this year.
0: Yeah, he had two really good half seasons. <laughs> where he just destroyed everybody. Unbelievable. So, yeah, knocking out the number one player and number one hitter in fantasy this year. Probably not the greatest idea for me. But one saving grace on the Charlie Blackman thing, I didn't think that he was going to get stolen bases. And look at this. 14? No. I mean,
1: get this guy out of here. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he, he hasn't been the same since that foot injury that caused me to drop him off my team. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, just
0: hasn't been stealing the
1: bases that was, the same way. That was also a nice worst call from me. I would love to uh, have that trade back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was that doesn't even you know, that's that's watered under the bridge at this point. Water not under the bridge, though, are my three worst calls. And just go ahead. I'm just gonna say it. You can go. James Paxton.
0: I think that our our uh, leak mate, Seattle's best, is probably shouting into his <laughs> his his non earbuds right now. Whatever Microsoft product um, <laughs> <laughs> headphones he's got on, <laughs> saying it's about time. Yeah, you just didn't believe in him. Uh, I
1: I didn't. I. You know how many home runs? Good. You know how many home runs he let up this year? Uh, single digits. Yes, single yeah, he, digits. He 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 did he only start twenty four games so because he had that injury during the year that that I thought might actually tank his value a little bit. No, it it didn't. Mm-hmm. He's still just a good pitcher.
0: Yeah, I mean he he looked pretty good. I mean he didn't give you a whole season, so that's that's definitely a case to me to be made. He gave you a good half season, but yeah, I mean he was when he was
1: in, he was good. You don't want him as your ace. On your squad, no. Um, no, by no, by no. any stretch, um, and but for all the things that for all the, the games that he was in for, you know he he provided a good chunk of innings and struck out a lot of guys and didn't let up a lot of runs and he was a good pitcher and I poo pooed. Is him that what supposed to do? Like five straight uh, five straight pods, I think. Yep. Yep and uh you know i spent i don't know how much time coding up things to try and show that he was bad uh, <laughs> so uh yeah that one that one didn't work out too well
0: yeah that's where it gets really tough is when you invest time to try to prove that a player is bad and then it doesn't work out
1: oh should we uh should we talk about my other guy that i tried to prove was bad or not going to have a good year
0: oh yeah yes uh it's, it's really yeah right.
1: i spent spent an entire pod um segment I couched all of our home run prediction discussion in 1.05 by talking about how Gary Sanchez was wildly overperforming for his uh, batting profile. Um, Mm -hmm. I regressed him and said that he would hit maybe he'd be lucky to hit 20 home runs this year he hit 33 so proved his value at the catcher position i mean you can inflate you can inflate those because of the you know the concept of 33 home runs at the catcher position is you know unheard of massive You, you don't get that crazy advantage worth picking early you know, we spent a bunch of time when the ADP came out saying like, what are people doing? Drafting Gary Sanchez here and I was just beating that drum over and over. And uh, you know, that's three or four hours of my life that I'm never gonna get back.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> the fantasy chimera. Uh he,
1: he came back with vengeance. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. I, I do regret that. Um, other guys that I regret, I, let me give you a laundry list here of guys that in episode 1.04, I said that they would be whip progression candidates. Oh. Um, <laughs> obviously model, obviously model needs a little tuning. Brandon Finnegan, Hector Santiago, James Shields, Giovanni Gallardo, Jimmy Nelson, John Nice, Jorge De La Rosa, and Mike Pelfrey. I hope nobody paid any attention to any of that advice, but there was only one that I doubled down on in episode yeah. 1.06 as a progression candidate for ERA as well, Jimmy Shields. Jimmy. Jimmy what Shields. What happened to Jimmy Shields? He uh, well, what happened to him this year is that he started 21 games and had a 5.23 ERA.
0: Yeah, not a good look for him <laughs> that Tigers uniform.
1: So, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you know who is not a progression oh. candidate was uh, James Shields.
0: You know, maybe it's the, the Tigers uniform that does it to these pitchers because Zimmerman also just fell apart once he put on that jersey. Oh,
1: and uh, Verlander is doing okay not in the jersey. So... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well. Annabelle
0: Sanchez uh, has... Oof every other season Oof. <laughs> just feels the albatross of the jersey weighing him down max scherzer leaves the tigers
1: Ooh, we might be oh, on to something here all right pay David attention price pay attention to those tigers pitchers leaving the team <laughs> yeah, interesting i think we finally
0: that might be the biggest piece of advice we can provide
1: that seems good yeah well don't certainly don't take any of my forecasting advice on era or whip yet i'm gonna retune that model would you like to uh would you like to list your honorable mention piece?
0: <laughs> yes, I, I would, because as I was going <laughs> going back to do research on this, I knew that there was a statement out there wherein <laughs> Michael said something negative about J.D. Martinez because he does regularly. He doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. give him any Mm-mm. any credit, Mm-mm. and he said, um, "Quote: I'm happy to watch you go down on the J.D. Martinez ship because I had just said that I really liked Martinez." And he said he's not going to hit 32 home runs. Michael, how many home runs did J.D. Martinez hit? This to be year? fair,
1: he did not hit 32.
0: That uh, is that is accurate because he, he hit more than that. He hit 32 and then kept going. Yeah,
1: yeah. He should have just sat down right there. No, he hit 45. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm I'm man enough to admit that that was a a relatively bad call. But also a little bit of trash talk. You know, give it give it a little trash talk boost there.
0: <laughs> you uh, you were right on one thing you said you scoffed at him uh, scoring 88 runs that was a, was a pro- projection mm. just got to 85 just nowhere near yes. that lofty
1: expectation of 88 we did it <laughs> I just can't resist making predictions about Edwin and Carnacion even before we recorded the pod tonight I had a few words to say I'm just gonna say this again, but I probably was just one year too early. I bet he falls off next year.
0: <laughs> just keep saying it. Eventually, it'll be true.
1: Eventually, it will be true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that, hold that little snippet for myself.
0: So, how many did you lose to me on um, Edwin and Carnacion? Like just
1: all of them. I don't know. Like a million points. I think I can't win the bet box with how well he did this year. If you haven't stopped listening to us yet in the podcast, given that we just launched uh, 15 minutes of how bad we are at predicting, we're going to give you some positives, try and encourage you to come back for another season and another few episodes before we start to wrap on the year. I got my three best calls of the year, um, and then one where I'm going to plead for a little bit of leniency. First one, hear me out on this one, Francisco Rodney. We talked about closers in the save forecasting, and we made the three categories, remember? We posted a graphic Mm -hmm. to Twitter talking about the fastballers, the guys that throw a mixture of stuff, and then there was one other guy, (laughs) Francisco Rodney, who just didn't seem to make any sense. How many saves did Francisco Rodney end up with this year? He
0: ended up with a lot of saves. Did he end up with 39,
1: almost 39. 40 saves? That is four more saves than your fantasy MVP, Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say. Uh, oh, true. To be, you know, we talked. one of the things that we did talk about was the value of the, the closer curve, how the closer curve is so steep falls off as a pretty s- strict power law, like, you know, maybe a cubic even. Um, and so, therefore, it's incredibly important that you have a guy or two in the top tier. And if you have that, you can win. And the reason that I think that that Rodney was a good call and why I stuck with him on my own fantasy team is that he is way up there and he was cheap to get. He wasn't even drafted in most leagues.
0: Right. He was a good, um, yeah, the good cheap option. He, he, I mean, yeah, he more than got – if you had – you got – Rodney and um, Kinsler, mm-hmm. you know, after the draft ended, that was that was a ton of saves that you had through the first three quarters of the season, the fantasy season at least.
1: All right, next thing, another cheapy guy here. Uh, we talked about Robbie Ray. I talked about Robbie Ray early on. Robbie Ray, you, you very ins- were very insistent that no, he did not get two hundred k's last year. Uh, well, he did, and he did it for the second year again, and I would argue that he's probably the cheapest of the 200k pitchers that we talked about, so if you got him um, at the time that we talked about him in the draft, you probably were able to poach him, you know, uh, at a great time and rack up those Ks, and coincidentally, he did actually get you 15 wins this year. The Diamondbacks were better than we thought. I stand by Robbie Ray as a good early call.
0: Yeah, no, that that was a good one, and that was one that Surprised me
1: if you didn't hear it from the pod. <laughs> Last good call that I made, Ender Inciarte. Uh Owned him on my team, drafted him very late. You were probably able to draft him very late, too. I love trying to pick up guys in the age 25, 26 bracket that are, that are low value, perceived as low value, just because they're great lottery tickets. Play the odds for when guys are... Statistically shown to break out. It's exactly what I did with Ncarte. I spent so much time talking about the value of hits in one point one zero, and uh, look who ended up with the fourth most in the MLB.
0: It, it was a pretty good call, and I know that I I um, sent a message to you like a little bit into the season, like, "Hey, wow, look at Ncarte! Like, he's doing pretty good." And you're like, "I know," <laughs> but Ncarte. I don't know why I just always. When you pointed out to me his age, I was I was super surprised. He just seems like someone who has been around the block a couple times. So I don't know if I'm thinking of someone else or what. No, he
1: had he had a couple. What the
0: cognitive bias was?
1: He had a couple really publicized failures in the sense that they brought him up a couple times and he was bad. Oh, okay. and then sent him back down. And so you probably saw him. Uh, you probably saw the transition points you know they bring him up and you're like oh who's this guy yep. and then you're like oh he's not good and then they send him down <laughs> you see him again they did the same thing but it was just because he was young and he's on the braves so they don't you know they're right 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 right, right they're right. just mired in a young a young slump right now um yeah you go you list your guys your guys are all good
0: all right so my number one guy in um, podcast 1.19, Seven Blessings, we highlighted three pitchers. We wanted to deep dive. And I mentioned Corey Kluber as being in the ace conversation and undervalued. I even said there was a case to be made for progression potential. And what did he do? From that point on, he <laughs> dominated the league, dominated fantasy baseball to the point where Michael named him no. the fantasy uh his fantasy MVP is I young
1: I mean it I mean it
0: he was darn good he was darn good in the second half he was darn good when when you did in fantasy and that was and I I pointed him out at that point because I saw all the the all the um all the positives that were happening and and like there was just so much uh, all the positive underlying metrics said that he was gonna do really well and he wasn't you know he wasn't just out of this world good so like all of a sudden boom the um the luck kicked in with the actual skills and he was
1: off i mean again the thing you know i could rehash the conversation from from last week but he's it, just so consistent <laughs> like that's that's yeah, what makes that was what was that's amazing what makes statistical forecasting so um, you know, one of those believable things when you're like, oh, you've got a guy who has no dispersion. He just gives you the same thing every time.
0: And one of the things that uh, like, I was trying to point out, and I think that sort of got cut for time, was we were talking about the Indians mm-hmm. and how the Indians were similar to Corey Kluber and that they weren't producing in the way that we knew they should. And they clicked, he clicked, everybody clicked, and wow, that was pretty darn good.
1: I, I mean... I gotta say, it's crazy that they clicked without the thing that people would have said fueled their deep run last year, which was Andrew Miller.
0: Oh right, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so my second player, and both of these last two players came from like the same, um, the same kind of analysis work. But I mentioned him a bunch since I picked him up <laughs> on June first. Whit Merrifield. Wow, he is so good. From someone who didn't even start in the majors this year to being a top 50 player. That's that's pretty awesome. All right, so the last player here. We even went to go see him live. You made a joke that we should probably (laughs) go see him live because they kept talking about him. A lot of the cut-for-time stuff. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham also showed up in one of the analysis that I did, and I even mentioned him in our over under uh one of our over under bits and i was like and i sort of poo pooed him but i mentioned him and said like this is a guy that should probably get picked up <laughs> you want to see his over under that we put in um in for pod 1.13 was runs plus rbis over under on 90 michael what did you say to that over under
1: this is not about my worst cause. This is just supposed to be your <laughs> best cause. Why, why am I Anyways. getting dragged into this?
0: All right. Well, you said under. I under, know I
1: did. Under 90.
0: He had over 90 <laughs> runs alone. I know. I wow. know. I get that. it. Okay. I even mentioned like during that podcast, in talking about Tommy Pham, it was like I said they're kind of clearing out the outfield for him and i didn't realize that it was true <laughs> <laughs> i was somewhat kidding i was like well he's going to have it bats who the hell else is going to have it bats in that that field no and you're boom in 128 games he has the full season numbers
1: the thing about him is that they clearly have pivoted to him they want to use him as a key hitter in their lineup he played um basically, every game from mid august nope early august on in the two hole oh oh wow, I mean, yeah. they clearly are investing in him, you know, down the stretch times when it seemed like they might still actually have a shot at the playoffs, you know they leaned heavily on him he was a good- you made a good call, yeah, that was a what do you want for a surprisingly good call
0: that's that's what I wanted <laughs> thank you.
1: This wasn't about who made who made the best call relative to the other person, but I appreciate you going on the offensive here. Speaking of going on the offensive, fine, do it. Do your honorable mention. All right, I got one
0: honorable mention. <laughs> so when we were going through uh, our top 12 <laughs> players last year, um, I decided to put a little dig on Michael because I said that I had Encarnacion, Chris Bryant, and Bryce Harper all at the same level and that I was trying to decide between them for number 12 and that I picked... Encarnacion because I got to dig Michael somehow. Where did they end up? Where did they end up in the end of season ranks? Okay. Why they ended up 33 34 35 Edwin Encarnacion, Chris Bryant Bryce Harper. To be
1: fair not 12 but I will say a lot 12. of value there. That's I mean you know you missed you missed by a couple rounds but like they, they still had production that you're not going to be that mad if you drafted them that early
0: no i mean sometimes you're picking yeah the first two rounds you're trying to get someone who's going to be a top you know one of your top four players you're not always looking for the 12th person drafted to be number 12 like you know rizzo tried to be (laughs) this year yeah he really
1: he really had that in his head you think that he was checking his own fantasy stats like i sometimes get that feeling with players like okay buddy (laughs)
0: Like, he might have been. He even got a little ahead of himself and then sat a couple of days in the, in the last week. Yes. Yeah, and all of those players behind Whit Merrifield.
1: Yeah, I know. I got it. I understand how you stumbled across the three of them. It was looking at, you know, your daily Whit Merrifield tracker. <laughs> Still stunning.
0: Epic poems will be written about you, Whit. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> That's great fine you know what let's bring the mood down let's go to the wrap up here Uh, oh boy what are we going to do with our NFL teams are we both writing off the season now are we cautious optimistic I mean you guys can still back into the playoff spot we're kind of in trouble
0: I feel no reason to watch my Giants lose and disrespect themselves (laughs) and the jersey (laughs)
1: they they have had two pretty painful losses in terms of like you know they went deep in the game and then they just kind of got kicked at the very end and then of course they had two bummer it's kind of two yeah. bummer losses the vikings on the other hand are like highest highs lowest lows and yeah
0: kicking ass taking name and then then having the opposite
1: <laughs> uh, i mean uh, if if sam bradford who you know has now been rechristened mr glassbones on this pod uh doesn't come back and dalvin cook is out for the year uh we're done and i have to tell you the reason that dalvin cook went down with an acl tear is because i changed my fantasy football team name to cooking with leonard and my picture to be one of dalvin cook
0: Ooh, why would you do that? Why? Why would you tempt the gods like that?
1: Because I had so much confidence in my two rookie running backs, Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so bad. Yeah, I, uh, I had no, I had so much faith, and this, this sucks as well. I had so much faith in the Giants that I started the Buccaneers' defense <laughs> against them, and f- somehow. They did nothing. <laughs> Somehow they did nothing against Eli. Lost me a point. Also won the game. That never yep. happens.
1: Yeah, there's not much else to say about that. But I think we can both be really disappointed about the real NFL season. That said, Vikings have a big win next week. And uh, I'll be back in. All in. Doesn't matter. Uh, he'll he'll be back in. Yeah, you know, start, you know, I, but...
0: Yeah, it looks like I'm going to be uh, focused on... 2018 fantasy (laughs) baseball pretty soon here
1: (laughs) all right bojack episodes four seven four eight you wanted to know who played themselves better zach braff or jessica biel what is what's your answer to this i'm curious
0: i thought that zach braff was hilarious (laughs) yeah i do too (laughs)
1: <laughs> they, they that, was,
0: that was pretty good.
1: they took stronger liberties with Jessica Beale. If you remember she appeared in season three as well right she's
0: been she's been on the show before
1: so she she had clearly already had um some sort of relationship with the show, and for that, the comedic draw of Zach Braff seeing just him come out of sort of nowhere and make this cameo was was great yeah, that was.
0: And him getting burned alive? Yes.
1: <laughs> Worship of fire, man. But I got to say, I'm kind of bummed that you picked it had to be just between the two of them. You didn't want to say who played himself better, Sir Mix-a-Lot?
0: That was, I, if he had had a slightly bigger spot, that would have been good. But that was great. Everybody knows that I cannot <laughs> <gotta> lie. <laughs>
1: I know. It was it was pretty fitting, but I will say for me, I liked the, the my favorite line was Jessica Beale being called a future hard Jeopardy question. That was <laughs> that one jumped out at me too. You got to think like she's actually in the studio recording this, and they yeah. just hit her with that line. You're like, wow, ouch!
0: They made some they yeah, they made some pretty good comments about her and about Zach Baff as well. Agreed. I mean they they tore him apart. All right, so that brings us to the review session. I feel like this was empty a second ago. Oatmeal. Is this your breakfast of choice these days?
1: It it really is, and I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. I mean, you can sort of talk about the fact that oatmeal crops up in all sorts of products like soaps, but I just want to eat it for breakfast. Big fan
0: you're a big fan of it
1: yeah absolutely gotta say it took me a number of years um if my parents heard me say this they would be just horrified because for years and years and years i was just repulsed by oatmeal something happened <laughs> something happened and now it is breakfast every day
0: i have been eating a lot of oatmeal really? um yeah i just get it i like when i moved out here i got a big thing of oatmeal and that was just breakfast every day just make the oatmeal boil the water for my coffee have some of it in the oatmeal so i've i have done a lot of oatmeal but i get so tired of it i get so tired of it i do it for like two weeks and then i'm like i can't do this for i cannot do this anymore um i've i hate to admit it but i really only like oatmeal when it has all the sweet stuff in it
1: i thought you were gonna say like i only like the the dinosaur egg packages the one from our childhood where you you know you make the instant mix and they they pour out like dinosaur eggs and then you pour the hot water on them and the egg melts and there's just a dinosaur inside
0: yeah i remember those <laughs> those were those never lived up to the advertising quite frankly okay so in, in all seriousness, the Instant Packs. You probably are, are the kind of guy who also does big canisters. Absolutely. But the Instant Packs, which was your go-to?
1: Of the Instant Packs? Yeah. Apples, uh, the Apple Brown Sugar.
0: Okay, that is disgusting. <laughs> 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 the
1: Apple what? one? What? Really? What did you... I Hold on. I got to think. What in the world did you go for? What's the most disgusting one? I don't know. What do you have?
0: I Just, I mean, the classic maple brown sugar. That's that is the best one. No, you. That gotta, is the way that you have to eat it.
1: There is something about freeze dried apples that you will never <laughs> not get me into it. Like I, you know, this this could easily pivot to a review session about freeze dried apples, but I won't make it go there. I'll just say that it I very love well them could. in my oatmeal.
0: Whenever I had one of those, and it actually like hit the spot i i would think to myself am i famished (laughs) have i been starving myself (laughs) this can't be good
1: are you are you strictly milk strictly water you do any of the nut milks ever what's your prep method here
0: oh i i don't none i i used to i used to be a um a little bit of milk in the in the oatmeal now here's okay here's the other thing that you won't like I really liked cream of wheat.
1: God, what is your problem? Are you serious?
0: Ugh, cream of wheat, the brown sugar, maple brown sugar. Why? Much better than oatmeal. What? Just the texture is like, I love the texture, especially with a little bit of milk. Ah, that was so, (laughs) that was
1: good. My reaction is so visceral right now. (laughs) Like, like, what are you (laughs) doing? Are you serious? I've always like I see it in the store, and I'm like, "Who eats that? What? What are these people doing?" I would, yeah. Unbelievable! Unbelievable!
0: I don't think that I've really had cream of wheat since I since we went to college. Unbelievable!
1: Wow! 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 Maybe wow. I need some
0: cream of wheat. Wow! 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 <laughs> All right. Well, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i've got left is
1: worst of luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too